Welcome to Croxley Green Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Great, so we're going to do some more practical stuff now because I know this is, the, this is the other graveyard shift. There's the one before lunch and the one after. I actually thought I was doing one this morning and one this evening. Sorry about that because I gave you a bit much earlier on. So this will be a shorter session, but I'm going to run you through the rhythms of prayer. This is supposed to be called Breaking New Ground in the Life of the Church. I'm sorry, Lisa, I'm really not stuck to these at all. However, we are breaking new ground. Again, we're going beyond the pond liner. We're going deeper. And in the life of the church, I think what I have begun to understand, in my very limited understanding of the life of the church is, it's about prayer. I don't know if you're in agreement with this, but I have a cunning plan going on, which is, if the church remembered its distinctive... Henry Nowen would say that the language of the Christian community is prayer. If we don't know our language, if we can't teach our language, if we don't invite people into the relationship with a God who can change them, we have no distinctive and we become the fourth emergency service and we wear ourselves out and we can't sustain it, particularly when we're talking about mental and emotional health. So, breaking new ground, deeper ground in the life of the church. All I'm going to do is I'm going to run you through our prayer rhythms. Um... So like I said before, prayer for me used to be um, lots of praying out loud and lots of prayer meetings. I did do praying, but I used to say things like, I'm not very good at praying, or I'm not very good at prayer. I've come to think that's like saying I'm not very good at breathing, which interestingly, I wasn't very good at that either. (laughs) So when I said earlier about my voice, I needed to learn to breathe differently. I feel like my journey of prayer has been like that. Just breathe deeper. This is, this is, prayer is multifaceted, and I know I'm only talking about contemplation, but I'm talking about the entry level at which we as a church can learn to pray together, which will help us with the last session, which is how we engage with our communities. So, reminding ourselves. Now, if you go back to the passage, Luke chapter 10, as I finished it, and we trotted through, and I'm so sorry, I, I have to just be me, and my poor dear church used to say, Ruth! Slow down. <laughs> we don't know what, what... You didn't even finish that thought. Very, thank you very much to the lady who said you didn't finish this thought, so I will finish that one later with the stop acrostic. We shall have that. I just get a bit excited. I can't be anyone else, so I'll, you'll have to... Maybe, if you listen to the recording later, you could like do it on a slow and just <laughs> half speed or something. Um, uh, right. Luke chapter 10. You've got yourself in that disciple mode. You've followed Jesus through. You have understood you need to share the gospel. You have understood you're going to help the poor and needy. And you have understood you're going to need to sit down at the feet of Jesus. And then, chapter 11, we get this. So just, you're still following Jesus. You've had all that happen. This happens. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Ah, Just pause there. Jesus was always praying in a certain place. I'm beginning to think it's the certain place was so that his disciples could see what he was doing. Yes, sometimes he went off on his own. And we've got this understanding somehow that our prayer life is like really secret and everything else is on show in the church. I think Jesus is modeling how to disciple by praying in a certain place. And he's obviously got the disciples with him. And they're not necessarily joining in. If we think about the Garden of Gethsemane, they might have been having a nap. 
When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. There you go. There's the five words. Lord, teach us to pray. That's, if, you, if you remember nothing else of all the very many words I brought you, those five. Lord, teach us to pray. Because I think the penny dropped for his disciples that all the stuff he was talking about. Because they could have said, Lord, teach us how to turn the bread and fish thing. That'll be useful. Do that. How about raise... Oh, Lord, teach us how to raise the dead. Oh, Lord, teach us how to fill our meetings with people. (laughs) They kind of got the secret of Jesus' entire life and ministry. Because he's the son of God and he still needs to go to a certain place to pray. What about us? Where's your certain place? What does prayer look like for you? And how will other people who are following you be able to join in? Lord, teach us to pray. There it is right there. Back to that little family I was talking about earlier, not a family of faith who'd lost (laughs) a member of their family in the worst way possible. And this lad who's 16, deeply autistic, sitting in our prayer room. I go in, just see if he's all right. When people are in the prayer space, leave the door open. Don't bother people. Just having a bit of quiet time. They might not be praying. They might just be quiet. But away from people, asking stupid questions. And um, so if you have your prayer space next to your busy space, it allows people to wander between the two. Not just for your prayer times, but just the whole thing is prayerful. It's a place of prayer on the high street. He's sitting in there with a Bible going, you see these psalms, Mrs. Rice? He called me Mrs. Rice because I taught him. He didn't call me Ruth. These, I said, yeah, yeah, psalms. I said, where'd you get the Bible from? And he said, um, oh, uh, Gideon's. Years before, he'd had his Gideon's New Testament with the, with the psalms. He said, is it all right if I've written one? I tell you what, he'd written the most beautiful psalms, this lad. Has he come to faith? I don't know. Did he encounter Jesus? Yes. <laughs> when my friends are in need, you are mightier than their troubles. Lord, in your, in your love, you cradle and nourish us. You help us all be mighty, Lord. That's part of his song. There's something about it, making our prayer spaces and our prayer habits and our certain place available to people. That is all they're asking for. I, I actually think that teach us to pray is what I'm hearing from community to the church. I do wonder whether we're teaching them to do too many other things that weren't our job to do. And we've forgotten to teach people to pray because we've forgotten to do it ourselves. Could be wrong there. Just a thought. So here's me teaching. I'm going to say Jesus did this amazing prayer, right? Father, and in in Luke 11, you don't get the whole lot that we use. You get this bit. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So we chuck on the thine be the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen, because it finishes it off nicely and it's a more it's a more positive way to finish, isn't it, than deliver us from evil or temptation. But actually, this pattern that Jesus gives us, I think is a pattern of prayer. But you know this, don't you? It, it, it is a good prayer to learn, but it's actually a good way to pray because it takes you around a variety of ways. And when you're not well, and I'll bring you back to that because I still think everything we do must be available to the most anxious person who can't access anything else. And when you're feeling anxious and you're not well, you, you kind of you need it to be really simple. And you need it to have a pattern to it. 
And, and Jesus has got it right here and he's gone, here's, here's how we pray. And, and this pattern has seemed to work for, for lots of people. So here we go. I'm going to get you involved in this now. Uh, if you've got your object with you, most of you haven't, have you? You left it in your rooms. Ah, oh, shame. If you have got your object with you, if not, just use your hands for this. Uh, I'm going to invite you into one of our new spaces. So imagine you're sitting at a table and you are, you've brought a hobby with you. Just have a think for a minute. Hang on, some of you have gone hobbies, oh, I remember them. Um, <laughs> What's your hobby? What do you fancy doing? What could you possibly do that other people could join in with? Blokes, please think on. I know you might have hobbies that take you away from people, <laughs> but there are lots and lots of lonely men out there, and the mental health statistic is it's men between 40 and 60 who are most likely to die at their own hands. So finding something you can do alongside other men, I don't know what it's going to be for you. I'm not, women, I'm not being sexist here, but we are more likely to think of some stuff that we might fancy having a go at. So um, I'm not putting a gender thing on it because I know some people prefer one thing or another, but you do have to think a little bit. Um. So you're doing your hobby. You might be doing a bit of furniture restoration over here and there might be a bit of a jigsaw going on over here, a bit of that colouring thing going on over here. Somebody might be playing a board game over here or somebody might just be sitting watching the world go by here. A little bit like Christmas Day at home, except Uncle Watsit's fallen asleep in the chair and you don't have to join in the board game if you don't want to, but you're not on your own. That sort of thing, right? So you're not running a group, you're just having home, but in a way that anyone can join in. And not just one activity and everyone has to join in, fingers on their lips, because that's scary. Lots of different ones, hosted well. You can just say, yeah, there's jigsaw over there. And anyway, comes to prayer time, first thing in the morning after everyone's settled in, wander around the tables. Anyone want to come and join us for prayer? We're doing prayer now, you don't have to. So it's, it's, it's very much part of what we do in our spaces, but it's made available in a different space. So we're not going to suddenly do a God thing when people think they've come in to do a jigsaw. We're not going to shoehorn suddenly an alpha course on somebody who thought they were coming for a bit of company. But we do have a space in which we very overtly practice our Christian habits and invite anyone to join us. And in that way, the mental health team has said, oh yeah, we like that, because there's an option. And the space itself provides the option. Anyway, so I go, I'm going to go and do prayer now. If you want to join me, you're welcome to. I don't yell it. I just wander around the tables. And then I go and do it. And I sit in the room. So imagine you've all come to prayer. Amazing. If there was this many, it'd be a rubbish renewed space, by the way. That's too many. To run a renewed space, you only need two people committed to two hours a week. And everyone else is a bonus. So it's kind of doable at a time in your life when you can't commit to being on a rotor because you can just pop in for yourself. So maybe you've got a circle of chairs in the corner because you haven't got a whole room. Or maybe you've got a nice little room with the door left open that's just kept peaceful for prayer. And you sit yourself down and you sit with your eyes shut, which indicates as people come in, we're not chatting. This is for quiet. So you don't have to say, shh, it's a quiet room. You just model it yourself. So when it's prayer time, it's first thing in the morning, Everything's set up. Some centres are open for two hours a day, so they pray at the beginning for five minutes, the middle and the end. Some are open all day, so they do morning prayer, lunchtime prayer and end of day prayer. It depends on what you can manage. You do what you can manage. Anyway, I'm sitting myself down. You've all wandered in. I was going to change the room, but it was too much like hard work. So you've all sat in a circle, and you're all looking at me like, what's this about? And I'm going to sit quietly. So if you'd like to make yourself comfortable, I usually take my copper in with me because I like cradling a cup in my hands. So you might choose to hold the object that you chose. 
or you might just want your hands open in front of you. I think it helps to have your feet on the floor if you can, because this is where God's put you. And I think it helps you sit then comfortably in your seat. That seat is holding your weight, not you. Just like God has got you. He's got your whole weight. You're trusting that chair. <laughs> I think they're a bit weird, aren't they, these chairs? You lean back and they go with you. Anyway, sit yourself comfortably. I'm going to do morning prayer with you. It'll take about five minutes, so relax. Welcome to morning prayer. Just relax into the seat you're in. Let it take your weight. God is holding you. The meditation today. Psalm 107. He satisfies my longing soul. So let's just um, breathe that in for a few moments. Take it round and round your head. He satisfies. God satisfies my longing soul. And you don't leave people too long. Silence is a bit scary for people, even if you like it. So we move on. Every morning we use Psalm 103, verses 1 to 4. It's in your packs, and it goes like this. Now lead us through it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we just pause now, and we think of his name any name that you might call God, any characteristic of God, of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And either out loud if you'd like to, and if it's going to be a prayer out loud, we ask it to be just a word or a sentence, please, no more. And if you'd like to pray in your head quietly, he hears that too. So let's bless his name together, thinking of his name. Thank you, Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, the good shepherd. Any other names that you're thinking of? psalm goes on bless the lord oh my soul so you're talking to yourself here really and forget not all his benefits so same thing again but this time with the benefits anything from your breakfast this morning to forgiveness be uh, as broad or as narrow as you like but let's do the same thing either out loud a word or a sentence or quietly in your heart let's thank him for the benefits
Thank you for each other, Lord. The psalm goes on, he forgives all our sins. So it tends to go quiet at this point. <laughs> you might want to say it out loud, that's up to you, I won't be. But um, examine your heart. Even at a Christian conference, we can have thought or said things we wish we hadn't. So let's allow him to forgive us, confess our sins, be set free. That's what the cross and the resurrection of Jesus is all about. So take a moment. Let go of anything that you're ashamed of or guilty about. Thank you, Jesus. The psalm goes on, he heals all our diseases. So there's a tricky one, because some of us haven't seen healing, but we still believe he is the healer. So we bring ourselves, body, mind, and spirit every day. We don't encourage laying on a prayer for healing for mental health issues in our spaces because of the fact we can end up praying stuff we want. <laughs> but we do bring ourselves, we bring our friends, we bring our family, we bring the stranger, we speak the names into the room every day. So let's do that for a moment, shall we? We're praying for healing for ourselves and for others. Lord, for everyone who's found it too hard to get up today, those who use our centres normally, who just haven't got there because they feel hopeless, please bring hope. <coughs> Any names of people into the room that you want healing for this morning? Yes, Lord, bring your healing. I are in want. Jesus. Jesus. It's quite scary to do in a room this size, but imagine in a small room with a few people, that can be quite helpful for people to put what they carry in a room where God picks it up and other people hear it. The psalm goes on and we're nearly finished. He redeems our lives from the pit. So to redeem, to rescue, to buy back the pit, any hopeless situation. So, I don't, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you've seen the news or heard the news, and that, that rattles us, but imagine if you're struggling with your mental and emotional health, and for some of you that is true. As one gentleman comes to our space and he just says, North Korea. He's practised it because he thinks there's going to be World War Three, and it, and it sends him over the edge with his addictions. But if he prays with us, he can put it down. So let's pray for any hopeless situation. Again, a sentence, a name of a place, a situation at home. Let's bring those pit situations to the Redeemer.
Lord in China is fear. In Australia, Lord. Syria. And then the psalm section finishes that we use with this beautiful image. You crown us with love and compassion. So picture him now in the quiet, the king of kings coming towards you with a crown, appointing you with a crown. Because he loves you, he is compassionate towards you. He doesn't want to use you. You're not a spatula. You're a a co-worker with him in the kingdom. And he crowns you with love for you. Compassion for you. Receive his love in the quiet. May love and compassion be our watchwords in this space. And then if I was leading prayer, I'd say, I'm going to put the kettle on, the activities are out, but please stay in this space as long as you like. This is open all day for prayer. So you see how the prayer doesn't finish? It's not a prayer meeting. It's a place of prayer. But in in doing that simple way of praying, anybody can pray. And if we limit ourselves to that palette, I remember the first time we did this years ago, so we started the Rhythms of Prayer about five years ago, and one of my dear leaders going, what, that same every single day? Oh, we're going to get bored of that. Do you know what? We never have. (laughs) We never have, because we're praying for different stuff every day, but those four verses, I know there's others you could do, and you could pick your own, it doesn't matter, but we have found sticking to those four verses enables us too just to dig deeper into what we're praying for and why and how we're experiencing, not just thanking him for the blessings, but for who he is first, because that's never going to change. Do you see how that, confessing our sins every day. So I just give that as a, you know, I've been doing that for the last 10 years on my own every day, and it's just been so much more lovely to share that rhythm. And now when I go to any of our renewed spaces, what's lovely is the shared way of praying that we all know (laughs) and so if somebody is learning how to pray they can walk into any of our churches and and learn to pray with us it's amazing how many people practice what they're going to say and they want to come and pray so if i told you about our um uh, the cafe we work with i don't know if i told you about this so the cafe we work with tiffin tea house the ladies who weren't christians who wanted to work with us learned the lord's prayer so they could come through and join us at prayer time I don't know what's going on here, but they are encountering God's presence because we've decided to limit ourselves in this space. Have we limited ourselves or have we just gone deeper? Did we break new ground? Or was it just deeper ground to the ground we were already standing on? Uh, So same thing at lunchtime. You would do start with the meditation or start with be still and know that I am God or whatever you decide. And then go through the Lord's Prayer line by line, pausing after each line. It's all in your little pack, what we even say in between. So it means that one person's got a bit of paper and you don't even need to be able to read to join in. 
This has been really helpful when literacy is an issue, when people... One church decided to do it their own way, one of, my, one of my churches on the Isle of Man, so everybody had a card and everybody had to read together. They thought that was more inclusive. And when I did the review with them after six months, they said, oh, two of them, two of the people who were really struggling went, I, I don't know whether I'm keeping up or not. And, and so the, the panic of joining in was taking them away from the encounter with God. So it's led just by one person. But it doesn't have to be the same person because it's easy to lead. So some of your regulars will end up going, oh, I'll lead prayer today. They pick the card up, they, they lead it. It's been just delightful. Apart from when Eddie tries to lead at ours because he's profoundly deaf in both ears. And, and he's great at leading prayer except he can't hear when anybody's praying or finished and he doesn't care anyway. <laughs> So just like, I'm going at this pace. If you're in the middle of a prayer, I'm just going to bulldoze through. Working out how that works for the, for the hearing impaired community is really important, you know. Should we, let's stand up when we're doing speaking and sit down when we're not. Because actually mental health issues amongst the deaf community are massive, right? It's lonely. <laughs> right, end of day prayer. So I'm not going to do lunchtime prayer, but that's the same. And, and if you're really interested in this, and this is ringing a bell for you, there's worth a visit to Faldy Brennan in Pembrokeshire if you've never been. Faldy Brennan at the double F-A-L-D hyphen Y hyphen Brennan is a retreat centre run by the Anglican Church uh, where some remarkable things are happening. And their rhythm of prayer is fairly similar and I really love their blessing. You can look at it on the website and pinch it, they don't mind. Uh, their blessing at lunchtime prayer is at the end of doing the Lord's Prayer, they say, keep us in the beautiful attitudes, joyful, simple, and gentle. And may the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, establish for us the work of our hands. You see, I, I, these, unlike my old way of praying, where I had to have enough within me to find the words, the words now are part of my, and I can teach the words. And it doesn't mean you'll never pray your own prayers. It's that when your own prayers have run out because you've run out of rope, there's something. A friend of mine who was a, a lifeguard would say, if you go to a drowning person, take something that floats so they'll pull you under. My something that floats are these rhythms of prayer so that I don't think I'm going to save somebody. But I will say, I find this helpful. You could try it. Here's a little card with it on. And the good thing is when you're not doing your renew day, when you haven't got the cafe open or whatever, it's not an actual cafe, by the way, it's just a space with some coffee and a kettle. Um, you don't have to do the whole Christian cafe thing. That's exhausting, right? I call it egg sandwiches for Jesus. You might choose to do that, but I have seen that exhaust churches and all they're doing is undercutting all the other businesses in the area. Not necessary. You can say, go and get your coffee and your sandwich from those people. We'll bless that one and bring them here if you want to and you can stay here all day or the kettle's on. So your space can look like a cafe, feel like a cafe, but not actually serve anything and still do the function of a cafe. Because a cafe's really lonely if you go in on your own and come out on your own and everyone else is having a jolly old time. Whereas a renewed space, you'll be welcomed at the door, you will know who you can sit with, you can stay all day and there's something to do. So you don't have to join in a conversation. But any table is open to anyone to join in. End of day prayer. Quite like this one. And I might ask you to just do this together in a minute. Oh, I'm going to scare you right now. Um, so at the end of the day, and I like this for getting myself off to sleep at night, examine. So you might know the prayer of examine. Have you heard this language before? I hadn't. That was all new to me. So it's a kind of ancient celtic -y thing. All you do, you rewind the day. And as you rewind the day with God, you spot where you've seen his love and his beauty. 
and then you thank him. You do it quietly, or you can do it out loud, and you always say, even if it's just you and your husband in the room, always say, just a word or a sentence, please, or we get straight back into our great big long prayers, which are fine for us, but not great for someone who's learning to pray. And I'm not saying you can never do your great big long prayers. By all means, have prayer meetings, please, all sorts of them. We need to pray more. But in the time when we're trying to be available to our communities, limiting ourselves to a word or a sentence can be really helpful. And then you go, rewind your day, and you've done your thankfulness. And it's amazing what will come up, because the more you make that your habit to end your day by rewinding it and looking for love and beauty, you will begin your day looking out for it. And you'll see Christ in the most unusual people and places, right? Those of you who've got this habit know this. You will have spotted him in a beautiful flower or a lovely... But you also might spot him in someone that you didn't expect to spot his love and beauty in. There's this gentleman who comes to our space who some people might call a homeless man. We don't. We call him Paul. That's his name. And uh, he's getting help with his homelessness. But what he wanted when he came to us was somewhere to come in from the cold, somewhere to belong, and somewhere to show us the stuff he was good at. Growing stuff. Brilliant. Actually lives on his allotment. Works with the seasons. And on the day uh, he first came, uh, we opened on Christmas Eve one day, just for an hour, just to play a game. And there was limits on it. There's the boundaries of time and space. You're not opening your entire life to anybody to come forever. There are boundaries. And he came in, and my kids were moaning at me because we'd had to be there for an hour, just one hour out of their time. And we played Cluedo, and we had hot chocolate. And as we're going, he said, you don't know what a luxury it is, Ruth, to have someone present to you on a day like today. And that made me go. But the next year made me even more excited because he cooked Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve on his allotment for anyone else who was lonely. Because actually I learned from him. The learning is two ways, right? And the beauty of Jesus in somebody that other people may not have seen it in, I was looking for, because I'm looking for signs of God's love and beauty. And his beauty's everywhere. We're not... It's not a terrible, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I just don't think that's it. And we've got to quickly rescue a few people. I think God loves his world and is generally present in his world in the most unusual of places. And if we don't keep our eyes open, we might miss it and think we've got, you know, we're privatising God into our meetings. He's a, he loves his planet, right? We do believe that, don't we? He's incarnate in the smallest of things. So then you rewind your day after you've done a round of what you're thankful for. And that can be funny. If, have you ever done praying with people who aren't Christians? I love it. I love it. It makes me laugh a lot because they don't know any of our language. Great. I love that. And so they're like, oh, good luck. Lord, give them good luck with that. And I'm like remembering my brethren days with them going, luck is from Lucifer. And I just, it's making me laugh. And it's beautiful and it's messy. And people are thankful for things that you think, is that all right? And then you rewind your day and you look for signs of not non-love and not beauty. And where it's been your own fault, you say you're sorry and you accept forgiveness and you forgive yourself. And you don't carry it into your sleep. And where it's someone else's baggage you've picked up to try and fix them, you put it down. It's not yours to carry. You give them back to Jesus. And then we do some blessings. We just speak blessings. So we, some of them we've got... And I say we, everybody's doing this differently, but I kind of like if you write them on some little bits of card, maybe blessings from the end of some of the letters, maybe a blessing you've heard, a Celtic one you like, maybe a blessing you've written 
To bless is the highest form of well-being that you were wanting for that other person. And nobody ever has said, no, thank you, I don't want a blessing. Not ever. And even when somebody says, will you pray for me, I'm having a terrible day, I will say, can you come at the session at the end and we'll speak a blessing over you? We. So it doesn't end up being me. <laughs> so I'm not saying I never do that, but I'm being more careful about people becoming dependent on me to be the means for which they reach heaven. They can talk to God themselves. So let's do that together, shall we? We're going to do examine, rewinding our day with God. And at the same time, we're going to give you a little bit of something to chat about in, in a smaller group. Um, so taking your object, if you've still got it, not if you haven't, in this breaking new ground in the life of the church and the idea that that might be prayer, is that ringing a bell with you of something that you've always believed or always known or somewhere that you, you've dug deep before into this? Maybe a habit of prayer that you've never told anybody you've got but you find helpful. Maybe you've got a particular chair you sit in in the morning and that's helpful to you. Maybe you light a candle. Maybe you haven't told anyone that because they... I don't know. Maybe there's something you do in prayer that will help someone else and you've never said it before. And maybe that could be a shared habit in your small group or in your church or in your workplace or in your home. So before you um, do examine together... I'm going to get you to get into groups of about four or five. hate this, right? But I'm going to make you do it so you stay awake till lunchtime. Um, about four or five in a group, no more than that. And either, so if you don't want to chat, that's fine. If you'd rather just sit quietly and review your day together, you can do that. Just review your day together in your group and go, for, in what, for what are we thankful? What, and what have we seen is love and beauty? And then the second question is, where was it not lovely and beautiful? And you let that go. You can literally just enjoy each other's quiet company. That's okay. I'd suggest it be quite a nice thing just to break the ice a bit because it's weird sitting in quiet together. I, I, I just commend it to you because it's less scary to sit with somebody else in the quiet. Those of you who've had Quaker practices know this. It's much less scary to sit with someone else and be quiet and encounter God than do it on your own. Um, so the other thing is, um, what habits of prayer, what resonances is this having with you? When I'm talking about breaking new ground in the life of the church, I'm not, I'm not really talking to you about doing more churchy stuff, or am I? Or was this the best churchy stuff we ever did, the prayer stuff? Um, why don't you be honest with each other about struggles you have with prayer? And if you're going to pray for each other, maybe just do it in the quiet I don't know I, I, I'm giving you five minutes before lunch to do something to examine this together do we really believe that this would break new ground in the life of our church what would it look like for Croxley Green Baptist Church do you have places of prayer already is this deeper ground is there a pond liner do we need to rip that out just a question but I'd, I'd, rather than going away and going, ooh, what a lot of words, take a bit of time, have a little chat, I'll bring you back together, we'll have a song, and we'll have some lunch. Is that okay? So in groups of four or five, if you say, I don't want to opt into this conversation, just sit quietly, enjoy the quiet. If you haven't had an object or a booklet yet, come and get one. But we're not going anywhere for five minutes, and then you'll hear the music play. Okay? Groups of five, please. <clears throat>